I do a leadership class every once in a while when enough people want to sign up, and it just so happens that the young man that you're about to hear from did in fact sign up and end up stuck with me for nine weeks, two hours, every Saturday that we were together, and um, we build sermons, we talk about leadership, we do this thing, and there's actually three students that we did this with, and you, <clears throat> excuse me, you heard from Stephanie Leiby already once, and I'm excited today that Brady is going to come on up here. Brady Hoskins and his family are a part of who we are, and so I'm excited for him to be sharing the Word of God with us, and so we will just ask the Lord to bless this in the name of Jesus, and there's something he wants to say to us. Thank you, sir. Well, good morning, and welcome to the Vineyard. My name is Brady Hoskins, and I'm really happy to be here today. Um, I've been coming to the Vineyard for about seven years now with my mom and dad. You may see me outside the worship center just holding open a door or in the back of the booth where my job is to make sure we get to see these people. Now, this Wednesday, sadly, school starts back, and I'll be a junior at Madison Central High School. But I, want, I would like to take a second, and if you're in the education field, will you please stand up? If you're a teacher, a para, all of the above, will you please stand up? Thank you. <laughs> Stay standing. Stay standing, please. <laughs> and I would like to pray over all of you, especially as we enter this week, because it will be hard, and it may be hard, but God is with you the whole time. So if everyone would please pray with me. Father God, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for all these educators and how you are using them for your glory, God. I pray that you help them remember that you are with them through their whole day and even when it's hard. God, I pray that they remember that their job is to show these kids that you love them and they love them and that they matter. God, I just pray that you just help all the educators through their days and we thank you and love you. Amen. So, like I said, I'll be a junior this week on Wednesday. That's right, I'm 16, guys. But listen, Paul told Timothy not to be nervous because of his youth, so here I am. So about a year ago, I felt the calling of ministry, and in pursuing that with Pastor Joe, he uh, asked me to take part in a leadership slash how to build a sermon class, and I definitely accepted that, as he was talking about. So for about nine weeks, we met for two hours every Saturday, me and two others, and we just got to dive into what that was and what that meant. So that's why I get to be here today. Pastor Joe is still in the building, don't worry. He's just right here on my left in this front row laughing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, today I feel like God has laid a message on my heart about trust, and I'm really excited to hear what God has to say to us today, because if you weren't here last week, Pastor Joe also had a message over trust. So I'll be working out of Matthew 14, 22 through 33. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open up to it. And if not, it'll always be on the screens behind me or whoever is up here. So before we start, I'm going to have another word of prayer. Father God, I just want to thank you for this day again. Thank you for everything that you are doing in our lives and everything that you let us go through and give to us. I pray that you open our hearts and minds to what you have to say today, God, and that you just wreck us with that, and that we just take it and run with it and listen to you and follow you, God. Amen. So, Matthew 22, Matthew 14, 22 through 33. Verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. 
and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So, a little backstory. Matthew 14 starts with John the Baptist being beheaded. Jesus wants to mourn and tries to go up on a mountainside by himself to pray after that. And then we get Jesus feeding the 5,000. The loaves and fishes were multiplied, the crowd dispersed, and now Jesus is getting to go up on a mountainside by himself to be with God. He tells the disciples, you know what, go on ahead, I'll be there later, I'll catch up. And they're like, okay, God, you're Jesus. And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, it says. A considerable distance for me probably is less than what it would be for them, because a considerable distance for me is something I wouldn't want to get out and swim, and I can't swim. So, (laughs) but it says that the boat was buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. And I assume buffeted meant, like, scary, and the waves were against it, like, they couldn't hold their own, but I really wanted to know what it meant, so I looked it up, and what I found was, especially of winter waves, strike repeatedly and violently to batter. So imagine they are just out in the middle of this dark sea, just getting tossed around. They can't go anywhere because the wind's against them. They're scared. It's dark. It's raining. They have everything going on. Has anyone ever seen the show Deadliest Catch? It was on a few years ago at my house, and it scared me seeing those boats because it always seemed like something was going wrong. The storm was always against them. They were always rocking. If a wave came, the boat disappeared under it. And that's really what I like to imagine this as. They're just out scared. They don't know what to do. But it says in verse 25, Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. So I want us all to imagine you're out on a deadliest catch boat. You're out and you're scared. Your boss is telling you to, like, hold on to the cages. Don't fall off the boat, too. And then you look out and you see a guy. Also, imagine you've never heard of someone walking on water because they didn't have this story in their Bible. So you see a guy out there. What are you going to think? Who is that going to be? So they're scared because they've never seen this before. They think it's a ghost. So not only are they scared of the storm and dying, they're scared of the ghost as well. But really, it's Jesus. But Jesus immediately says to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. Jesus immediately reassures them. He says, it is I. I think the amount of times it says immediately in the scripture is very important. But Peter has so much faith in Jesus that all he has to say is, it is I, and come. And Peter decides to get out of that boat. He decides to go in the raging storm while everyone else thinks he's a ghost. But when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down, and those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. So, Peter's over here. He sees Jesus. He starts walking. And then he's like, oh my gosh, it's storming. What am I doing? Why am I out here? And he gets distracted, takes his eyes off of Jesus, and he starts to sink. But Jesus immediately, there's that word again, reassures him and catches him. 
They get to walk back to the boat together. The storm dies down, and everyone worships him, saying, truly you are the Son of God. And Peter's faith and trust in Jesus in this is very, it's big to me. The fact that he would step out. And anytime I say trust, maybe it's where I'm still in high school, but it makes me think about trust falls. So Pastor Joe wisely advised me not to do it right now, this morning, in front of everyone off the stage, because if it didn't go well, it wouldn't be the best Sunday. But <laughs> luckily, I got to record it beforehand, so take a look at this. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Slow motion's my favorite. <laughs> So a big thank you to Pastor Jeff and Pastor Camden for helping me out there. They were very willing. And I'll let you in on a little secret, with their permission, of course. When we came in here to record it, they played rock, paper, scissors for who had to fall. And I thought that was great, but really ended up making me more scared because I was recording them, and I couldn't do anything about it if one of them fell. So I'm 99% confident everyone in here has seen or heard of a trust fall. Never mind. I just played one. I'm 100%. Everyone knows what a trust fall is. (laughs) So there are three parts of a trust fall for the person falling. The first part is you're standing there like this. You've made the decision to do it, and you start to regret your decision. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what's going to happen or when you'll be caught. You're scared. And then there's the point where you're slowly falling and getting lower and lower and lower to the ground to the point where You don't want to be here anymore. You know you're about to bust your bottom on the ground and make a fool of yourself. You don't know if that person's still back there, and you're scared of it. But then there's the catch, the part where all your fear goes away, and you are in that person's arms, safe. Pastor Camden kind of made the perfect noise to encapsulate this, I thought. You could hear it twice. Oh, oh, oh. He made that decision to fall, and he got caught. And it was scary along the way, but we see Peter do the exact same thing. He's in the boat. He's in his boat, and it's, he's scared. It's storming. He makes that decision to get out and take a step. It's scary. He doesn't know what's going to happen. In my personal opinion, I don't think he knew he was going to walk. All he knew is that he was going to Jesus. He didn't know what that was going to look like, but he wanted Jesus. After he made this decision, he started to take a few steps. He started to lean into his decision. He started walking towards Jesus. He got distracted, and that's okay. But Jesus immediately reached out and got him. And then he made it to Jesus, and they just got to walk back to the boat together, and he got to be obedient to him. And we're always at one of those points in our lives where we, we have a big decision to make, something new something scary. You don't know what's going to happen. It could be a new job, a big purchase, or, or, or. You don't know. But you know you want to trust Jesus in it, so you decide to start falling. And then you're at a point where you get to start taking steps with that. You get to pray with him and be with Jesus and listen to him the whole time as you start to lean into your decision. And then you get to be with him the whole time. You just get to continue in your decision with Jesus and be in his arms the whole time. So just like a trust fall, what's the first step in trusting Jesus? 
get out of the boat. One of the biggest things, in my opinion, is the fact that Peter got out of the boat. I've said this before, but I'm scared of the ocean. I wouldn't want to step in a pool, honestly, because, again, I can't swim. But Peter got out in the raging storm of the water and trusted God because he knew his greatness. So the question is, what's your boat? What do you feel called to? What are you scared to trust God in? What's a decision you want to make? I personally like to think of the boat as a comfort zone. Ugh, comfort zones. Yeah, I understand. In youth group, about five years ago, we called them chicken lines a lot, and I love that. But something I always have to push myself in is praying for people. See, sometimes, usually during worship, but it could be any time, I'm standing there worshiping, and God starts doing this thing where he's like, hey, Brady, yes, God? See that person? Yes, God? Pray for them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know what to do. It's scary. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if it's going to be a good prayer, and all these fears are super irrational because all prayers are good. It doesn't matter how big or small or long or short. All prayers are great. But when he wants me to do that, I get so scared. I start to sweat everywhere, and I can't breathe, and it's like, Ugh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and I wish I could say I end up doing it every time, but I don't. And that's an area of growth. But it doesn't have to be a comfort zone. What's something in your life that you're scared to walk out and trust God in? It could be a new job. It could be asking someone to marry you. It could be a big move, big purchase, big decision, or, 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 or. We just have to give those ors to him, and he wants us to be willing to work with his plan. He wants to be willing to let go of what's sometimes our sin and fall to him. Because you can't fall if you're holding on to that sin. We have to listen to what he wants for our lives. Proverbs 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. See, to Peter's understanding, Jesus was out there. Once again, it's stormy. It's scary. All he sees is Jesus. And all Jesus says is, It is I come. And he does it. See, fear holds us back from making those decisions that we want to do, that we want to make the callings that we want to fulfill for Jesus. But that's not the way to live. See, we understand the fear, but we need to start understanding the Father. And this isn't even an accurate representation of how different those two things are. But God has a plan for you, and has from the very beginning. He knows what will happen, what has happened, and what is happening right now in your life. And all fear does is hold you from making those big decisions huge leaps and steps you should have taken years ago. He wants us to want what he wants. And you don't know if you'll sink or stand, but you can take rest in knowing that he does, and he's with you the whole time. So after you've made that decision in your mind to start taking steps, it's time to start taking your first steps and be mid-air. No, you don't know what's going to happen. That's why it's called trust. See, you don't know how many steps you're going to take or how long it's going to take, but we have to start falling. We have to start taking our first steps. The first thing I would do in that to take my first steps is pray. Take time and listen to God and see what he wants you to do with your situation.
because falling and taking steps are scary. They will take time. You got to think back to the trust fall that I played. Right there, when Pastor Camden is right here, that's the scariest point of a trust fall. You don't know what's going to happen. You feel like you've been falling for five years. Not really. He was there the whole time to catch him. But this is where that fear needs to take a seat. And we need to trust in God and his patience and timing. Scripture says in 2 Peter 3, 8 through 9, But do not forget this one dear thing, this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. The scripture is a perfect reminder of how God does things at the time he needs them to. He's always working in it. I have a few people that are very, very close to me that suffer from chronic pain. And it really stinks because we don't know when they will be healed or how or by what or why. And it's happened for a long time. But something I usually always end up praying, other than healing, is that God is using their situation to show someone, even them, his love and mercy and grace. Because he is. We, we don't... All we understand is our situation. We need to start understanding him and that he is working in it. It can be hard to trust that, but he is. Romans 8.28 says, We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. See, we have to put things in God's hands. Right now, I think over 80% of you can reach in your pocket and pull out a phone. With that phone, you can make a call to someone in China right now, and they could pick up instantly. I think we've become so used to having things when we want it that we can't take a second and slow down. See, you can order something off of Amazon. You know how many things Amazon has? You could probably buy a refrigerator off of Amazon, and it'll be here in two days. One, if the, what you want's in Lexington, you could go through a drive through at McDonald's and order yourself a cheeseburger and get it within two minutes, depending on how many people are in front of you in line. It's time to slow down and say, God, teach me something new. Take my situation and use it for your glory, because it's all for you, Lord. God is always with us. He's using your situation. I know I keep saying that, but you can't stress it enough, because he is here. He knows the steps that he has laid out for you, and we don't know what will happen. We don't see our steps laid out. We don't see how long we're falling in a chest fall. Pastor Camden didn't know how long he was going to fall until Pastor Jeff caught him. But we can take rest in knowing that he does. And after you've been falling, all that's left is to be caught and be obedient to Jesus. Build your relationship with him. Distractions will come. Distractions will make you sink. But it's your choice whether or not you give in to those distractions, whether you give them your attention. See, Pastor Joe said something last week, and I absolutely loved it. He said, we take our eyes off the prize and crash and say, God, what happened? Duh, 
you took your eyes off the prize. Jesus, you have to keep your eyes on Jesus. See, when Peter started taking his steps and tried to listen to Jesus, when he took his eyes off, he started to sink. He got distracted. But then Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him, and they got to walk back to the boat together. James 4, 8 says, Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Now, what I'm about to say may, may seem a little rudimentary, but how do you spend time with God? How do you, when are you with God in his arms, just wrapped up by his love? Now, a harder question. When are you in his arms, just wrapped up by his love, just you and him, other than a Sunday? I think sometimes we struggle to spend that separate time with Jesus. We have to pray. We have to read our Bibles. We have to spend time with him. He loves you and wants that relationship with you. Take 15 minutes out of your day and spend it with him. Trust him in that. Again, there will be distractions when you try and do that. But it's, it's our job to understand the storm, but not make it our identity. When you focus on God, he will guide you through the storm. He will help you focus through what you're going through. If you feel alone or abandoned or lost or like you were just covered in a storm, God has his arms around you the whole time, and he loves you beyond comprehension. I have a few questions. What's your boat? What do you feel called to? What do you feel led to do? Maybe it's starting something. Maybe it's finishing something. That's for, that's for you and God to know. But you have to trust him and start taking those steps. He knows all, and he's standing behind us this whole time with his arms out waiting for us. He watches us go around in our heads, deciding whether or not we're going to make that decision or not. And things may be difficult, but we need to step back and understand that all of this is for him. It's for his glory, whatever is happening. And he's already walking through you in this storm. It's just a matter of if you look for him or not. If everyone will please come to your feet as we enter this final song. Here's the deal. God loves you. He has plans for you. He wants what you want, and we should want what he wants. He's here with you through your whole trust fall. I have a few people I would like to invite up to receive prayer. One, I would like for you to come right here if you want out of your boat, if it is rocking and you don't know what's happening, you want out and you feel called and you want to just trust God and what he wants, I would like to come right here.
you don't know what to do, but you just want to trust him in it. second group of people, if you would come right here. If, if you feel like you were being ignored by God, if you feel like you were just alone and don't know what you're doing, and you just want Him in it with you, and you need Him, please come right here. feel like you were being buffeted by a storm. I know all of us have felt that way sometime. Where you feel like you have every single part of you in your life. It's coming against you. You can't breathe. You can't see. You don't know what you're doing. Because everything is against you. If you feel like that, you just want God to be there with you and help ease that and walk through that with you. Please come right here. want him through your storm. I'm going to ask if a few prayer team members will please come up now behind those people. And they're going to pray with you as we enter this final song. And I'm going to pray over us all as a congregation. But if you feel led at any point during this last song to receive prayer, please come up at any time. They will be here for Father God, I just want to thank you for this day. I just want to thank you for who you are and what you're doing in our lives. I want to thank you for the callings and the just everything, Lord. Because we don't know what's going to happen, but you do. And it's time to trust that and trust in your plan and your glory. I just pray that we just all tear down the walls we've built up in front of you, God. We just trust you and your plan. Father, I want to thank you one more time. Amen.